The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 311. Today, we begin the last of our interviews from Star Wars Celebration, and today we're featuring Chris Taylor, the author of How Star Wars Conquered the Universe. Punch it, Chewie. No traps, no moisture, no committees. Just rebel-rousing fun for everyday Jedis. It's the Star Wars 7x7 podcast with your host, Alan Boyvar. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and we have saved the first for last, <laughs> as it were. Uh, the Chris Taylor interview is actually the first interview that I conducted at Star Wars Celebration, and it is also one of my favorites. He crashed a panel on Star Wars journalism, just happened to be there for his uh, own devices, and and what an awesome treat it was to have him on that panel. And he was gracious enough to spend uh, some additional time with me after the panel talking about Star Wars and about the genesis of his book, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe. So we've divided this interview up into two parts. And the first part, which we're sharing with you today, is all about his own personal why when it comes to why Star Wars. And additionally, a bit about the genesis of the book in terms of finding someone, amazingly, who had not seen any of the Star Wars movies at all and yet knew quite a lot about them. So let's listen in on what Chris has to say about that. Why Star Wars is a huge question. I mean, I, for everyone, it goes back to the first time they experienced it, usually in their childhood. For me, that was uh, the early 1980s, late 1970s, um, you know, probably what came first, and I've, I've mentioned this a lot, is the, the back of a cereal box, uh, <laughs> where they, you know, you, you had to rub on the figures of C-3PO and R2-D2 in this corridor of a spaceship, and, you know, the, the stormtroopers were blasting away behind them, and it basically told the story of the movie, and, you know, it was full of spoilers before it had even come out in the UK. Um, but I was fascinated by that. Didn't even think of seeing the movie. Um, you know, saw posters up in my classroom. I was about five years old at the time. Oh. Um, and, you know, and then started playing with the figures, and I got the comic books, um, and I even got the comic book for The Empire Strikes Back. Didn't go to see that either. So I really had this experience of, of Star Wars from all of its attendant media, and didn't see the movie itself until 1982, which is when it came on British TV. And of course, then I wore my VHS tape down, watching right. it about 50 times. Um, so I've always been fascinated not just with Star Wars itself, but with the way that it is this transmedia franchise, and always has been. And the more you dig into that, the more you truly discover that is. You know, the, the comic books and the novel both came out before the original movie. Um, so it was kind of designed that way. You know, uh, the, uh, the the figures may not have come. You know, you may have had the early bird special, and the the action figures may have, uh, you know. Uh, come after the movie, but certainly, you know, toys and merchandising were in uh, George Lucas's mind 
when he was writing it, he said it followed from the general idea that it was this, you know, toy-based franchise when we didn't really have such things in the movies. So that's that's why Star Wars for me. Now, why why the book specifically? Um, it all grew out of the fact that we had a features writer at Mashable who had never seen Star Wars, and we were just as as shocked by this as all right-thinking right. people should be. Um, so we decided to you know, make her watch it and sit her down. We'll live tweet the whole thing. She will live tweet her reactions. And it was fascinating because it was sort of like she'd seen it before. You know, she recognized the style of it. She understood that whole used universe concept. Um, she knew a lot of the character names. She uh, understood, you know, who Luke's father was, even though there's not even a spoiler for that movie. Right. Um, you know, and, and I sort of started to become fascinated by this notion of, well, all of these newbies, all these people who've never seen Star Wars, have they really never seen, you know, have they sort of just never seen the movie? Have they sort of experienced it the way I had experienced it as a kid before I saw the film? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, getting it, just inhaling it through other media, just sort of absorbing it without even realizing. And that seemed to be the case. Okay, we're going to pause it right there and pick back up on the other half of it tomorrow. In the meantime, we've got links to the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com for you to check out his book, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, as well as connect with him on Twitter and on Mashable as well. So do check those out and come back tomorrow for part two of our interview with Chris Taylor. Hey, Rebel Rousers. Is your entire life on your computer? All your documents, all your music, your photos, your videos... What would it be like for them to all be wiped out in an instant because of a failure, an accident, a theft? Luckily for all of us, that never has to happen. CrashPlan is continuous backup capability that starts at just $4 a month. To keep your files safe and to access them from anywhere, anytime via CrashPlan's mobile app, go to sw7x7.com crash. Okay, Rebel Rousers, time to tackle that trivia. Oh, I see it. Oh, this is going to be easy. See, that's the power of positive thinking right there, right? (laughs) Even though I know he was being sarcastic, but he was kind of arrogant and cocky in his own right, too. Um, I digress. Last time we asked you, what was the first object Luke telekinetically moved through the Force? And that was a lightsaber. Today's question, what did Luke tell Obi-Wan he couldn't do during his second visit to Dagobah? And to be fair, there are a couple of different ways you could answer that question, so lay them on us, post them in the comments for the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com or on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash SW7X7 or even on Twitter. Tweet us at, at SW7X7Podcast. Thanks for flying with me for another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, no Bothan spies died to bring it to you, so please leave me a great rating or review on your favorite podcasting app. That way you'll be helping to spread the word about the podcast to gorgeous Star Wars fans like you. Meanwhile, show notes, swag, the breaking news Twitter feed, and more are waiting for you at SW7X7.com. This doesn't feel like rock. It's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2014 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!